In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Welcome to the show. This is Untethered Live on a Monday night, and I'm Jake Johnson, and that's how it is. Welcome. Come on in. Take your shoes off. Set a spell. We are doing a Bible study again tonight. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 22. That's where we left off. That's where we're going to pick up. It's going to be lovely. It's going to be fun, exciting stuff. So come on in. I'm a little early tonight. Had a good day today. Did a lot of stuff. I got to burn some trash. I got to fix my lawnmower. I got to cut the grass. I got some stuff done today. It's nice. I had the day off, and I felt good, so I went to work. And I worked all day out in the yard. It was lovely. Burned off some trash. Cut the grass. I said that. Okay. All right. It was good. I hadn't been able to do that for a while because I've been working so much. But it's nice. It's nice to get and take care of the yard a little bit. Have a nice yard. Might as well take care of it. Next is the old house. i got to rebuild most of the house. So I'm waiting for another day off to do that. Anyway, it's a good day. Lovely day. Nice and sunny. A little chilly. I wore a sweater for most of the day. And uh, took that off about halfway through the day, so it got hot. But it was cold most of the morning and afternoon. Not not cold, cold, but just cold enough you could wear long sleeves, you know. But uh, overall, it was a lovely day. How about you? How was your day? I hope it was as good as mine was, or better. hope everybody made lots of money and did everything they wanted to do. Busted my knuckles up on the lawnmower, but other than that, I got it fixed, though. What it was, was it's a Husqvarna, and the deck had rusted out in one spot, so the thing that holds the belt was kind of flopping back and forth. So the belt kept jumping off. So I had to take that off and reinforce it, reinforce it with washers, big, big round washers, tighten it up real good, and it held Put a new blade on it. One of the blades was bent down like that in the end. So I had to take that off and replace it with another one from a different lawnmower that I have. Took the blade off it and put it on my Husqvarna because the other one doesn't run. But it had the part I needed. So done done. I was glad to get that fixed. It's aggravating me. And I got a lovely yard again. The grass was about up to my knees, so it was time to cut. Not really, but it was, it was pretty bad. You know, when it rains, the grass just 
grows, and I got lots of weeds because I got a big yard, and they just kind of take over, you know. It's nice to get out there and cut it down. Felt like I was riding a bush bushwhacker, but it's good. Mm. Can't keep it lit. Anyway, where's everybody at this morning? Y'all gonna leave me high and dry on a Monday? That's fine. I don't care. I'll do it anyway. You'll see it later. Because you do that, I know. I don't know what it is, man. People don't like to watch live things, I guess. Or maybe it's the wrong time of night. I get lots of views, but just not while I'm live. Don't know why that is. Maybe I ought to do what Tucker Carlson did, move to Florida and start a new show. That'll be nice. Be fun to watch that. In case you haven't noticed or heard, Tucker Carlson is no longer on NBC or uh, whatever channel he's on. Fox News, that's what it is. Um, he quit. Last Friday was his last show. He's out of there. Some people think it has something to do with uh, that fiasco that they're getting sued over, but I don't think that's the case. Because he never really said anything wrong, you know. He just reported what everybody else was thinking at the time. So I don't think that's the reason. I think the reason is they're trying to keep him from saying certain things about certain subjects that everybody seems to be wanting to censor people over, including YouTube. I've had a few videos taken down because of that. And, uh, but I'm not going to not say what I think. I believe what I believe. You can't tell me I can't believe that. You can't censor me for it because of the First Amendment. And as you can tell, I believe in the amendments. The second one is more important. That's the one that keeps the first one in check and available. So you can't tell me not to say something with my mouth in America. I'm not hurting anybody. I believe what I believe. And this ain't going to change my mind. Cutting me out, cutting me off and censoring me ain't going to change my mind. I can tell you that right now. And it ain't going to change anybody's mind that believes what I believe. That's why I have moved the show over to Rumble.com. So if you haven't done so already, please go over to uh, Rumble.com slash Untethered Live and subscribe. Help me build up that channel. That way, if YouTube gets to the point where they want to censor everything, we'll just pop over there and live stream from Rumble. And that'll be better because they don't censor speech at Rumble. It's nice. And there's a lot of big names going over there. In fact, Tucker Carlson may end up on, on Rumble. I don't know that he will, but that's a possibility right now. Okay. Let me text my moderator real quick. See what's up. See if I can't get some folks in here. See if that works. Somebody's here. Hello. Welcome to the show. It's a slow Monday. Usually there's 12 or 13 people in here by now. For whatever reason, you're it. So, welcome. Come on in. 
Take your, take your shoes off. Set a spell. This is Untethered Live, and we are doing Bible study in probably five or ten more minutes. Give everybody a chance to get here. <clears throat> I just texted my moderator to see what's up. She's probably at a restaurant somewhere in Florida. And uh, they do that a lot, so it's quite nice. But she needs to be here, so I texted her. This is a relatively new event. I don't think I've ever been in a show when there was nobody there. But that's okay. I'll do it anyway because I know you'll watch later. Say hello, whoever's here. Come on in. We'll get started in just a couple minutes. It's nice, though, because it gives me a chance to run my mouth a minute and uh, not be tied to the words. So, this morning, I called my boss. He said he had to be somewhere else, so we weren't going to work today. So I said, okay. And I hung up the phone, and I jumped up out of bed and got dressed and went outside because I don't get to do that very often, work a lot. If you don't know, I work at a t-shirt factory full-time, and then I have four podcasts a week, which are two hours each, and I play in two different bands. So I'm pretty stretched out. I don't get a chance to be home a lot, you know. It's nice to have a day where I can just go cut the grass and, you know, take care of things. So it's lovely. So now my yard is pretty, and I can go out and sit in my hammock and just enjoy nature. Instead of looking at all the high grass and not want to be out there. And then my feral cats that are in the neighborhood all come here and I feed them because I'm that kind of guy. So I've got like 12 cats outside that just hang out. You know, they're, I call them my guard cats. They don't bite or anything, but and they run at the sight of people, but they're there. So if you're afraid of cats, don't come around me. That's what I'm saying. Because mine will get you. They're all feral. They're not my cats. They're just cats in the neighborhood. One showed up one day, so I fed it, and then two the next, and it just grew from there. So there's like 12 of them out there. And uh, I keep feeding them. They keep coming. They have babies. I've had a few litters, and they all spread out, and I hadn't seen them anymore. We had six for a while, babies, and then they just left. So I don't know. Cats must not stick together after they're grown. I don't know. Fab Daddy, what's up, buddy? You just got finished watching the first six minutes at second speed. Yeah, well, you didn't miss much. There's nobody here but you. And maybe one other person, I can't tell. My analytics say there's only one person here, but I think there's two. But welcome. Come on in. What did you do today? Did you have a good one? I hope so. But tomorrow, for me, it's back to the grindstone, back to making T-shirts. I make some good T-shirts, though. Sell a lot of them. Yes, good day. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. I just texted April. I don't know where they're at right now. Her and Kevin haven't showed up yet. They must be at a restaurant or something. Or at an Elvis concert or whatever. 
Elvis look alike. It's a gonna be a slow Monday, I think, but that's all right. They'll watch later. I'm glad you're here. We had uh, quite the conversation last night. I was enjoying that. I like it when you get uppity. Supposed to have some new eyes in here tonight at some point. I foresee a sports announcement about Aaron Rodgers. It's possible. I don't follow sports, but Kevin follows the sports for me, so there may very well be a sports update if he shows up. What happened to Aaron Rodgers? I figured everybody would want to talk about Tucker Carlson because he quit last night or got fired one. I don't know. Nobody really knows. It's a mystery. He secretly moved to Florida. I know that. Some people think he's going to run for vice president with Trump, which would be awesome. I don't. I, my 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 money's in on in on that one. Got traded to the Jets, huh? Aaron Rodgers traded to the Jets. How about that? I'll tell uh, my sports announcer all about that. Hello, welcome to the show. Come on in. Take your shoes off. We're just about to get started. I'm waiting for a couple people to show up, and then we'll get on it. Fab Daddy, what did you do today? Anything exciting? Tell me all about it. Tell Uncle Jake. Tell me your secrets. I feel a good show coming on. I feel like I'm going to say some stuff that will get you all riled up and your feathers ruffled. You did laundry. Well, that could be a good day. If you needed your laundry done. I'm in desperate need of laundry done. I'm down to like one shirt, one pair of pants. It's time. Come on in. Where's my April at? Don't make me come out there. I will come. All right. I think it's time we get started anyway. It's 845. Time to go. Let's go down, shall we? All right. If you got your Bible handy, crack it open to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 22. And it reads, five, six, seven, eight. The Lord shall smite thee with consumption and with fever and with an inflammation and with an extreme burning and with the sword and with blasting and with mildew. And they shall pursue thee until thou perish. <laughs> That's gruesome. What he's talking about is these 12 tribes of Israel. They have come together to conquer Canaan, which is our uh bridge of land that's what what's now called the West Bank in that area. And uh, there were people there that didn't belong there, so God kicked them out. And by doing so, he had the 12 tribes army come in, and it's a small army by comparison to the other armies. 
It's about 300,000 strong, I would imagine. And they went in and tore everybody's tail up and took over the land. So they get to move in to a land that has houses and cities and farms and vineyards all built and ready to go. All they got to do is move in, find a place to live. So that's pretty nice for them. But it didn't come without some rules. And the rules are permanent for them. And these are the uh, consequences if they don't follow the rules. goes like that. And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth under thy feet shall be iron, meaning they'll be like in a prison of their own making. The Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust from heaven shall come down upon thee until thou be destroyed, meaning he'll stop the rains, period. Your land will dry up, nothing will grow, and you'll starve to death. That's pretty severe. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And thou shalt be removed into the kingdoms of the earth, into all the kingdoms of the earth. Meaning they'll be spread abroad because they're cowards. They'll run from their enemies. Thy carcass shall be meat unto all fowl of the air. When you get killed by your enemy, the birds will eat you. And unto the beasts of the earth, and no man shall fray them away. You won't be able to stop it. The Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt, and with emrods, and with scab, and with itch, whereof thou canst not be healed. The botch of Egypt is boils, in case you don't know. Boils and emrods or hemorrhoids, and scabs as leprosy and itch is like jock itch or athlete's foot so they're going to be in bad shape all the way around if they don't follow the rules the lord shall smite thee with the madness make them go crazy make them think things and blindness meaning they'll have blinders on they won't be able to see reality for what it is kind of like what we're going through today in this world an astonishment of heart you'll be overwhelmed and able to go out and pick it and riot and cause all kinds of noise for a cause that doesn't mean anything. That's exactly what he's talking about, and that's exactly what we're experiencing. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind man gropeth in the dark, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. Think about that. Think about these people that go out and throw oil on paintings and glue themselves to the floor, and you know, all the weird things that people are doing for absolutely no gain whatsoever. It's just noise. That's what it is. It's noise. And this is the people that don't follow God. That's what they do. They're crazy. They've, they've got a mental virus. They've gone insane because they don't follow God. God put the rules forth for a reason. Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shalt not gather grapes therefore thereof. Thine ox shall be slain before thine eyes, and thou shalt not eat thereof. You can't even eat it. 
dead. Thine ass shall be violently taken away from before thy face and shall not be restored to thee. Thy sheep shall be given unto thine enemies, and thou shalt have none to rescue them. Basically, you'll lose everything. You won't be able to prosper because you're hard-headed, because you won't listen to reality, because you will not do what you're supposed to do. You go back and read those rules. All of those rules weird as they may be, are a benefit to your heart, to your soul, and to your life. They all make you a better human being. That's why you're supposed to follow them. It's not even about God. It's about you. It's about living. It's about having an understanding and being a community and caring for one another and taking care of yourself in a particular way. That's what all the rules are. You don't follow them. You don't, you don't succeed. And you know what the old adage is? If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. I'm just saying. The fruit of thy land and all thy labors shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up. Somebody will come in and take your food right out from under you and you won't even know who it is. And thou shalt be only oppressed and cursed always, crushed always. So that thou shalt be mad for the sight of thine eyes, which thou shalt see. In other words, you'll see things, but they won't make sense to you. No matter what you do, you can't seem to get a grasp. It, it seems like it's too far out of reach. You can keep trying and keep trying, and you'll fail every time. That's the, the consequence of not following the rules. And the rules are set for life. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're to make your life better. If you do things in the way they're intended, for example, it pointed out that you take a wife and another man lies with her. That wife is not following God's law. If that wife marries a man, the man and the wife should become one flesh and stay together regardless and keep everyone else at bay, no matter what the temptation is. It's a choice you make, and it's an easy choice to make. You can cheat. Or you cannot. Listen, I'm a musician. I play on stages. Girls throw themselves at me all the time. I can get ass anytime I want. And I say no every time. Why? It's a choice. I choose to be faithful when I was married. I'm not married anymore, so, you know, I'm having fun. But when I'm married, I choose to be faithful. I can choose to not be faithful and that's going to take me down a road that's going to end up hurting me in the long run. You see how that works? You got to think about things before you do them. If you're driving down the road and you come to a fork in the road, you can go one of two ways. See, you have free will. You can make that choice. One way is an accident. The other way is freedom. You don't know, but you think. Look down that road. Does it look safe? Is there a lot of traffic? Is it a wide and open road? Is there clear lines on the road? You know, things like that. You make a choice and you go whichever way your heart tells you to go. If you don't do what God wants you to do, these are the things that will happen. Maybe not all of them at once, but definitely some of these things you felt before, I'm sure. The Lord shall smite thee in the knees and in the legs with sore botch that cannot be healed. With, with boils in your knees and in your legs. 
from the sole of thy foot unto the top of thy head, you will be in bad shape. The Lord shall bring thee and thy king, which thou shalt set over thee, unto a nation which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. You will be taken out of your land. This is your land. I gave it to you, says God. You can live here forever. You can prosper here. But if you don't follow my rules, I'm going to kick you out just like I did the people before you. And you're going to be taken to a place you don't recognize under rules that you don't follow. And you're going to have to live there. And there shalt thou serve other gods, wood and stone. Commandment number one is, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You don't do what God says do. You'll be taken to a place where everybody follows false gods, worships other things. And you'll be roped into that because you have to live there. And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations, whether the Lord shall lead thee. All the other nations that follow God will laugh at you. You'll be known to them as the one who didn't listen, the one who was hard-headed. Thou shalt carry much seed out into the field, and shalt gather but little in, for the locusts shall consume it. You won't even get a chance to grow stuff. Thou shalt plant vineyards and dress them, but shalt neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. Thou shalt have olive trees throughout all thy coasts, but thou shalt not anoint thyself with the oil, for thine olive oil shall cast his fruit. Well, what is olive oil? It's the word in, in Hebrew is yah, just like the word wine is yaya. It's the best. It's the first fruit. You understand? And that word, Yah, is in God's name, Yahweh. You understand? God chose the wine of, of the, the vine as a symbol for what he is trying to say, for what he wants for you. Think about how that vine grows or that olive tree grows. And it's no secret that olive oil is the oil of the people. God chose olive oil to be holy. You anoint people with it. You anoint your house with it. You invite God in with it. That's what it's for. If you want to get a little vial and put a little 100% olive oil in it and then pray over it and ask God to bless it and make it holy, you now have holy olive oil. And you can use it and it will help you in your life. Anoint the things you love and give it the grace of God. It's not a magic trick. It's obedience. It's being obedient to God. And he will bless that. Trust me on this. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. You once were a nation that lend money to other people. You didn't need money. You gave money because you were the head you are the main power. And if you don't live up to God's standards, that power will be taken from you, much like America is going through today. This country was once the superpower of the world because it followed God. It, the Constitution, the amendments, everything is built around God. 
Ten Commandments in the courthouse, prayer in school, all of that stuff. That's what made our country strong. And when they took it all away, we started falling. And now we're on the verge of losing that superpowership to China. And possibly Russia after that. And the Bible tells you this will happen. The color red is uh, significant of the enemy. It's also synonymous with China and Russia. <coughs> and those people came from one of Noah's sons, Shem. He went to the Orient. When Noah's flood ended and the ark came to rest in the Aramaic, uh, I can't think of the word. Aramat? Is that that's not it? What's the word? The mountains in Turkey. Can't think. Ararat. That's it. Jesus <laughs> just slipped right out of my head. When it came to rest in the mountains of Ararat, they left the boat and they went their separate ways. Noah went home. He went back to Egypt. Ham went up into Africa. Japheth went over the Caucasus Mountains towards England, and Shem went east towards the Orient. And that's how the family spread, and that's, if you look at how people populate the earth, all those images they show on the Discovery Channel, they follow that pattern from Turkey. They call it Africa. They think everybody left from Africa, but it was Turkey, not Africa. Verse 28, 41. Thou shalt begat sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. You'll lose your family. I can experience that myself. All thy trees and fruit of thy land shall the locusts consume. The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. Gentiles will take over and you will no longer be in power. He shall lend to thee and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head and thou shalt be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever. Don't ever forget that. Huh. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. It's very simple. You do what God wants you to do or you fail. Simple as that. This is his world. He created it. He wants you to do something. You do it. He's the authority. Simple. A lot of people seem to have a problem with that. They seem to have a problem with having an authority figure over them. Well, I got news for you. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter what country you're in, no matter what religion you're in, no matter what establishment you're in, there's somebody in charge and it ain't you. 
unless it is you, and then you've got some responsibilities. But if it ain't you, you need to listen to the man that's in charge. That's the hierarchy of the nature of human beings. We are programmed. We are designed to worship. You can worship whatever you want. But you have to worship. It's there. Even atheists will tell you they feel the urge to worship. They have to fight it because they don't want, they want to be atheists. They want to believe there's no God. But they still feel that urge, that pull towards worshiping. Ask one if you don't believe me. We're designed as human beings to worship. Why do you think that is? Why do you think if evolution is true, why do you think we evolved the need to worship God? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Shouldn't we evolve the need to worship evolution? No, doesn't work that way. Evolution is a weak theory that has no backbone, and when you scrutinize it, it falls apart immediately. Like dolphin. There you go. End of evolution. First dolphin that developed a blowhole drowned. No dolphins. Think about it. Like Seeds and eggs, where did they evolve from? Because they have to be there to make a chicken and a, a tree. But there's no mechanism by which a seed can evolve because it's contained the, the knowledge to build a tree in it, a copy of the tree that was before it. There had to be a tree first. That tree was created by God. That's the only way. That's the only answer. A chicken had to lay an egg because there's no mechanism by which a shell can form and then a yolk can form inside of it to form a chicken. It doesn't work that way. There's uh, no evolutionist will ever tell you how that works. They'll just brush it off. Oh, the chicken and egg. Oh, well, well, obviously the chicken, it took thousands and thousands of years to form the chicken. No, I'm sorry, because a chicken comes from an egg. They didn't develop that. They, they have to be from an egg. So if you go back far enough, there had to be a chicken fully grown and ready to lay an egg. Simple. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness. You got to do it with gladness and joy in your heart. And with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. He shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed you. You will become a slave of servitude once more like you were in Egypt. What I brought you out of, says God. I took you out of bondage, but I'll put you right back in it if you don't do what I want you to do. Chapter 28, verse 49 the Lord shall bring a nation against thee from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flieth. Think about what we're saying here. What does the eagle symbolize in the world today? It symbolizes America. And it comes from the line of Judah, which the lion symbolizes Judah. But we're an offshoot of that. We're not exactly among the 12 tribes because there's so much breeding going on in the world that it's kind of scattered out. But the 12 tribes still exist. They're just dispersed among the world. Some of them are here. You might be one of them. I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm pretty sure my lineage goes back to a woodshed in the 1800s somewhere. 
some guy named Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Somebody knew somebody, and here we are. Here we are. But it wasn't that line. Now, my Irish side, I'm, I'm a, a Native American, but my Irish side, I have a little Irish in me. That came from one of the 12 tribes. And I'm just, I've got a little of that, but not much. Mostly Native American. And some Native Americans came from some of those tribes. I don't know that mine did, but some do. My Native American is Cree. <clears throat> but think about what he's saying. An enemy will come from the other side of the world. As swift as the eagle flies. A nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. Who's that? Who are we talking about? Keep in mind, this is taking place in the Middle East. So what's on the other side of the world from the Middle East? That would be America. Are you telling me that America will attack Israel? It's possible. More likely we'll attack China and they'll be in the way, but still, it's there. It's possible. A nation of fierce countenance, a big nation with, with a lot of confidence, which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor unto the young. Hmm. He shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land until thou be destroyed, which also shall not leave thee either corn, wine, or oil, or in increase of thy kind cattle. Kind means cattle. Or flocks of thy sheep until he have destroyed thee. This country will rape the land and take everything that you have, all your food, all your cattle, all your sheep. They'll require it for the war effort. The, the machine will come through and just usurp all the, of the resources and you'll have nothing and you'll starve to death because of the machine coming through. The uh, industrial military complex, if you will. Sound familiar? And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates until thy high fences, sorry, until thy high and fenced walls come down wherein thou trustest you trusted those walls. They kept you safe. Well, this army will bowl right over them. You won't have them anymore. They won't keep you safe. Throughout all thy land, and he shall besiege thee in all thy gates throughout all thy land, which the Lord thy God hath given thee. This land is yours, but he's taken it back. He gave it. He brought you into this world. He can take you out of it. It's what God's saying in, in a nutshell. Don't make me come down there is what God is saying. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body, the flesh of thy sons and thy daughters, which the Lord thy God hath given thee in the siege and in the straightness wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee. Huh? Cannibalism. They'll have to resort to cannibalism. They'll have to cut off their own arm and eat it to survive. Something like that. Maybe just some fingers. It's been done before. You think it's not possible? Look at the Oregon Trail. There's a word for it, but I can't remember. But the people that went to Oregon, they resorted to cannibalism. Look at Russia when they were besieged and when they salted the earth to, to, to uh, poison the land so that the enemy couldn't take it. Look at what they went through. They resorted to cannibalism. There are lots of islanders, people... Um, 
uh, out in the Amazon that resort to cannibalism. So it's not that far-fetched. It's not that unheard of. So that a man that is tender among you, a dandy, and a very delicate, his eyes shall be evil towards his brother and towards the wife of his bosom and towards the remnant of his children, which he shall leave, so that he will not give to any of them of the flesh of his children whom, shall eat, whom he shall eat. He'll eat his own children and then leave. He'll turn evil. He'll turn against his family to survive. Because he hath nothing left in him in the siege and in the straightness wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee in all thy gates, you will be utterly without. The only way to survive is to resort that way and to turn evil. The tender and the delicate woman among you, which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness, her eye shall be evil towards the husband of her bosom, towards her son and towards her daughter, and towards her young one that cometh out from between her feet, the newborn baby, and towards her children, which she shall bear, for she shall eat them for want of all things, secretly in the siege and straightness wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee in all thy gates. Yes, folks, men and women alike will turn to cannibalism to survive, because evil will take over them. If thou wilt not observe, and by the way, I'll repeat that in a minute. If you've never been hungry, like really hungry, like pangs of hunger, you don't understand what it means to resort to cannibalism. You'll say to yourself, I would never do that. I can't eat my children. They're my children. You get hungry enough, and I guarantee you, you'll think it. It'll cross your mind. Hunger makes people do crazy things. Listen up. This is why we're here. 2858. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, that's the name you should fear. Then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful. Wonderful meaning awful. And the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues, and of long continuance and sore sickness, and of long continuance, twice for emphasis. What is he saying? If you don't fear, revere the Lord thy God, then you will suffer plagues and sicknesses like COVID-19 that will seem to last forever, and it won't go away because you brought that evil upon you by not listening to God, by not revering his name. Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou wast afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee. Egypt is not a clean place, by the way, and they have lots of diseases over there. And when the plague struck from uh, Moses' time, there were some more pretty nasty diseases that occurred. And by way of occurring, they're still there. So you have to understand, they feared that. They didn't want to live like that. They wanted to get away from Egypt. 
And God is saying, if you don't listen, I'm going to give you all those diseases you were terrified of. Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. So I didn't even write them all down. I wrote down some bad ones, but there's more of them out there that you've never heard of, like COVID-19, that will come to you and destroy your family, and there's nothing you can do about it. Because all I ask you to do is listen to me. Do what I told you to do. I laid it out for you. I gave you a roadmap to success. All you have to do is follow it. And because of your stubbornness and your stiff-neckedness, I'm going to destroy you with these diseases. It's not good. And you shall be left in, uh, you shall be left few in number, whereas ye were as the stars of heaven for multitudes, because thou wouldest not obey the voice of the Lord thy God. That's why we're here. You were once like the stars of heaven in multitude. You had that many people. And I'm going to leave you scattered and few in number. I'm going to destroy the lot of you. There'll be a few left, scraggling around, a few remnants. But the most of that great nation will be destroyed. That nation that came from Abraham will be destroyed by all manner of reasons. Because they would not obey the voice of the Lord thy God, the voice which they heard with their own ears, the voice of the vision that they saw with their own eyes. God, they saw him. They don't get to make these mistakes. They know God's there. They seen him. He came to them and spoke to them in the tabernacle. They don't get the same rewards that we get. Like we can ask for forgiveness because we've never seen God. We've never seen Jesus. We have to take this on faith. They saw it. They know better, and they did it anyway. That's why they're destroyed. It's not because God's evil or mean or vindictive or whatever name they give him because they don't like the fact that he's the authority. It's because he told them what to do, and they did something different, most of which was involving idolatry. You can't have that. doesn't work. And it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and to multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and bring you to nothing. And ye shall be plucked from off the land, whether thou goest to possess it. I gave it to you, and if you don't treat it right, I will take you out of it, and there's nothing you can do about it. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from one end of the earth even unto the other. And there shalt serve other gods. There thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. Listen, don't pray to sticks. Don't pray to paper. Don't pray to rocks. They do not have the ability to save you. They cannot do anything for you. They are of your own creation or someone else's. They are not a god. They are false deities. They will not save you. God will destroy them with the might of his hand, and he'll show you who God is if you go worshiping other gods. But you will not like the results. I'm telling you now. Keep your eyes focused directly on Yahweh, God Almighty in heaven, Jesus Christ, because if you don't, you have no chance. He will destroy you. Your life will be miserable.
among these nations shalt thou find no ease, neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest. But the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and a failing of eyes and a sorrow of mind, and thy life shall hang in doubt before thee. And thou shalt fear day and night, and thou shalt have no one, sorry, none assurance of thy life. In the morning thou shalt say, Would God it were evening. Think, if only God would make it night time, I don't have to go through the day. I don't want to be here. It's morning. I want it to be night. That's what he's saying. And at evening, thou shalt say, Would God were it morning. Can we just get through the night, please? I just can't wait for the sun to come up. So you're, you're confused day and night. All you want is for it to be over. For the fear of thine heart, wherewith thou shalt fear, and for the sight of thine eyes, which thou shalt see. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. You'll go right back to where you were in bondage, and I'll take you there myself. And when you get there, you will be in bondage again. By the way, whereof I spake unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again. You'll never hear my voice again. I will never come down to the tabernacle and show myself to you again. You want to know why God doesn't show himself? Here it is. He answers that question in this book, Why You've Never Seen God. Well, somebody said, wouldn't it be just so easy for God to come down once every 100 years and show himself, and then everybody would believe and there'd be no problems? First of all, if God, the infinite almighty God were to show himself to the earth, it would be panic and mayhem and gnashing of teeth in the streets and people wanting mountains to fall upon them and stuff like that. It would destroy nations for his appearance because of the gratitude, uh, gravitude of his existence. You couldn't handle it. The Bible says that if you see him, you die. You can't look at God because you're so full of sin. But those were God's chosen people. He made provisions. He came in the form of a cloud. And to that end, I say, God has shown himself on earth. How many times does he need to do it? He was in the Garden of Eden. He was in the tabernacle. He's been around. He was on the mountain. And and he was on Sinai. How many times does God need to show himself to prove to you that he's here? He's real. And he hears your thoughts when you pray. I don't know if you're aware of this, but when you pray, your brain waves change. There's been studies. You go from beta waves or theta waves into alpha waves when you pray. And God picks up that signal. Your consciousness does not come from your head. It's like Wi-Fi. It's plugged into this body. What makes you conscious? The brain has no mechanism by which to create consciousness. It's just an antenna. That's all it is. If you take the brain out, there's no more consciousness because there's no antenna. It's not conscious itself. You can't plug into it and see what's going on because it doesn't work anymore. It only works here. And it receives your consciousness. And God hears that. He's connected to it. So pray to your father. Talk to him. Tell him what's on your mind. Tell him what your troubles are and ask him for his forgiveness and he'll give it. 
And when he gives it, he don't want to hear about it anymore. He blots your sin out of the book of life, and you don't need to bring it up again. You don't need to feel guilt for it. You don't need to carry it with you because you've been forgiven. That's the beauty of Christianity. Keep that in mind. If you choose to not follow God, you're in for a rough day. It's simple as that. Your life will suck. Nothing will ever make sense. No harmony will ever be achieved. You might make millions of dollars and think you're happy, but you're not happy. And if you think I'm wrong, you look at anybody in the face that has a billion dollars or a million dollars, like like uh, the dude that owns Microsoft, can't think of his name right now, or Elon Musk. You look at them in the face and tell me if they look happy to you. No, they're paranoid and they're scared and they couldn't loan you $5 because they don't have it. It's in the bank. It's tied up in things. They don't have the money. All they have is stress. All they have is other things to do. It's just a way to spread yourself so thin that you have nothing to think about. Because they're guilty. That's where that comes from. And by the way, they can't take that to heaven with them when they die. They can't take that money. That means nothing. However... If you build your riches in heaven, if you work for God, if you do righteous things, if you act in a righteous manner, you will build up treasures in heaven that you will have when you get there that cannot be taken from you. Build your treasures in heaven, not on earth. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. Worry about right now. One foot in front of the other. That's all you got to do. The rest will work itself out. I tell you as a matter of testimony, this is my testimony. Since I've started working for the man, I've needed nothing. Every need I have has been met every day. And I stress over it too because I don't know how I'm going to come up with this money. I don't know how I'm going to get this done. I don't know how that's going to work. And it just happens every day. I have clothes. I have food. I have drink. I have cigarettes, I have gas, I have electricity. You understand? God provides everything you need if you follow his word. May not give you everything you want, but he'll give you everything you need. Consider the sparrow and how it lives and is taken care of by God. How much more valuable do you think you are than that sparrow to God? After all, he created you because he needed love. He gave you the choice because he wanted to, wanted it to be earnest love. Yes, he could create beings, and there are beings that exist in heaven that all they do all day long is just praise God all day, day and night. That's their job. That's what they're created to do. That's not free will. Hey, ATL, what's up, my brother? Good day to you. God is needy. Well, maybe, but he's God. So, who can argue with that? But he created you for love, for the sake of love. And he gave you free will so that you could choose earnestly to love him. That's what he wanted. That's what he was missing. Somebody that loved him for him. Somebody that he didn't have to make to love him. He made you free. You can make any choice you want. It's your ship. You can sail it across the seven seas. Or you can drive that sucker right into the rocks. God will let you do it because it's your choice. But if you choose to love God, he will care for you in ways you couldn't imagine. And I promise you that. That's my testimony.
verse 2868. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way whereof I spoke unto thee. I read that. And thou shalt see no more again. And there shall be sold unto your enemies for bondsmen and bondswomen. And no man shall buy you. You won't even be good enough to purchase. You'll just be a bondsman for the rest of your life. These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab. That was back in the beginning when they were removed from Egypt. God spoke to Moses on the mountain for 30 or 40 days. So much so he was up there so long that the people down around the bottom of the mountain started making idols to worship because they thought he wasn't coming back. Even though they could look up and see the presence of God on that mountain, they could hear the rumbling of his voice. They weren't that far away. Mount Sinai is not an impressive mountain. It's a very small mountain. You can go take pictures of it or look at pictures of it. You used to could go to it, but now they've got it fenced off and there's war in that area. So you can't get there and they'll arrest you if you have a camera and that sort of thing. But there was a time and there are pictures of it. The top of the mountain is still black, but it's only, you know, five or six stories tall. I don't know exactly how tall it is, but it's tall enough that you can't see from the bottom. Anyway, he was up there for a long time, and God told him a lot of stuff. And when he came down out of that mountain, nobody could even look at him because he was shining with that Shekinah glory of Almighty God in his presence, made him shine. So he had to put a cloak over his head and, and wrap his face for about three days before that shine went away. That's how being close to God affects you. It's amazing. April, you're here. I'm just about done, but I'm glad you're here. How's your day? Must have had a busy one. I'll read this again because it's important that you hear it. These are the words of the covenant, the promise, which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. This is a second promise. In Horeb, he made the promise that he would fulfill Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's promise for them. This is a new promise, a new covenant with God about how he will treat you if you follow him and how he won't if you don't. There's two covenants. There's actually three because Jesus fulfilled another covenant, but two in existence at this point. And Moses called unto all Israel and said unto them, Ye have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt unto Pharaoh and unto all his servants and unto all his land, the great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. Yet the Lord hath not given you an heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear unto this day. Folks, let me tell you, you need to open your eyes and your ears. You need to have eyes that see and ears that hear the truth, the actual black and white. This is the truth, because if you don't listen, you will be wrapped up in this great deception that is going on in this world today. It started back then. It's fulfilling its promise now. We are near the end. We are right square in the middle of the tribulation mentioned in Revelations. That's happening now. Listen to me. Listen to God. I'm telling you it's happening. 
and you need to get straight because if you don't, you're going to fall by the wayside. You need to be one of the seeds, not the tares and not the rocky ground. You need to be the seed that's on fertile ground. You need to open your eyes and open your ears and hear the word of God because if you don't, this is going to happen to you. Eyes to see and ears to hear. And they didn't have it. They lost it. And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. I carried you through the desert for 40 years. Your clothes are not waxing old upon you. Thy shoe is not waxed old upon thy foot. Your shoes didn't even wear out. You walked for 40 years behind me in the desert, following me 40 years until all the old people were dead and only the young ones were with him. 40 years. And their shoes never even wore out. That's what God does. Ye have not eaten bread, neither have ye drunk wine or strong drink, that ye might know that I am the Lord your God. You want to know who God is? Fast. Take 15 days and don't eat nothing. Just drink water. For 15 days, eat nothing. Just stop, and you'll see God. You'll be able to talk to him. You see, all the stuff that we put in our bodies clouds our judgment, clouds our mind, clouds our heart. Wine and drinks and drugs, things like that, smoking cigarettes, masturbation, all those things screw with your head, and it's hard to talk to God through all of that because this is your temple. This is the temple of God right here the temple. When Jesus said, I will tear this temple down and rebuild it in three days, he was not talking about Solomon's temple or Herod's temple. He was talking about this temple, and he did it. He showed you that it could be done. And in those days, fasting was a regular thing for him. He would often go out into the desert for 40 days and come back with nothing to eat or drink. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. You got to drink something. You don't have to eat something for for a month. So I say 10 days, 15 days. That's a good fast. That'll clean you out. There'll be nothing there. Drink water. Stay hydrated. And you'll see God. You'll know that what he's saying is true. And when you come unto this place, Shihon, the king of Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, come out against us unto battle, and we smote them. We took them down. There were two kingdoms greater than us, and we were a ragtag army, and we took them both down. How did we do that? Because God led that army. And we took their land, and we gave it for an inheritance unto the Reubenites and the Gadites, and to half the tribe of Manasseh, because the other half didn't want to follow along. They went a different direction. So there's actually 11 and a half tribes. There's actually 10 tribes because two broke off and became their own thing and 10 stayed together. And those 10 worship God in a different way. But those two, one of them being the tribe we want to follow, whatever, you'll, you'll find all that out later. 
Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that ye may prosper in all that you do. You want to prosper? You want everything you do, everything you touch to turn to gold? You want to build up your portfolio? You want to make something of yourself? Follow the law of God and it'll happen. Everything you touch will be successful. Everything you do will be good. Follow God. I promise you it'll work. You stand this day, all of you before the Lord your God, your captains of your tribes, your elders and your officers, with all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, thy strangers that is in thy camp, for the hewer of thy word unto the drawer of thy water. That thou shouldest enter into the covenant with God, with the Lord thy God, and into his oath which the Lord thy God maketh with thee. It's a promise. It's a bond between him and you that he may establish you today for the people unto himself. He wants to establish his kingdom for himself. And that means you have to follow him. You have to let him be the king. Let him be the leader. Do what he says do. Be obedient lower your head in reverence and worship almighty god that's what you must do to be in his kingdom and his kingdom cometh i promise that he may be unto thee a god as he hath said unto thee and has he and as he hath sworn unto thy fathers to abraham to isaac and jacob those are the people we descend from. Those are the people that started it all. And through them, great nations would come up out of their seed. They would be like the stars, like the sands of the earth or the beach, you know, everywhere. Abraham's seed is everywhere. It's probably some of it's in you. That's who your fathers are. And he made a promise to them that extends out to you. It's a sworn oath, something he can't break unless you break it, and then it's over. Neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath, but with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. That's everybody. It's not just for the 12 tribes of Israel. That promise is for everybody. That's you. For ye know how we have dwelt in the land of Egypt, and how we came through the nations which ye passed by, and ye have seen their abominations and their idols and wood and stone and silver and gold which were among them, lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall, or in wormwood, that's poison. Gall is the stuff you throw up, and poison is the stuff that wormwood is. It makes you throw up. It makes you sick. It's not good for you. And it come to pass, when he heareth the words of this curse, that he bless himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in the imagination of my heart, to add drunkenness to thirst, the Lord will not spare him, but then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man. 
and all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him, and the Lord shall blot out his name from out under heaven. That means he will take you out of the book of life. You will not go to heaven. You will be the one cast into the lake of fire at the end of time at judgment. You will be destroyed. You will not have an afterlife. You hear me? It's important. This is life and death I'm talking to you about. It's important. you got to hear it. Hear it with your ears and see it with your eyes. If you don't follow God, if you say in your heart, I don't need a God, there's no such thing, I'll do it myself. If you're that guy, he will cast you out of the book of life. You won't be there. That is your salvation. That's your ticket. That's the gold ticket, and you want to keep it. Follow God. It's that simple. And the Lord shall separate him unto evil out of all the tribes of Israel, according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in this book of law. So that the generations to come of your children that shall rise up after you and the stranger that shall come from a far land shall say, when they see the plagues of that land and the sickness which the Lord hath laid upon it, and that the whole land thereof is brimstone and salt and burning, that is not sown, nor beareth, nor any grass groweth there, like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboam, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and in his wrath. Even all nations shall say, Wherefore hath the Lord done thus unto this land? How? Did God do this to these people? Why? What happened here? Look at Canaan. Canaan is described in this book as a land of flowing milk and honey. It's prosperous. There's vineyards everywhere. Everything is green and lush and prosperous. There's flowing water. There's flowing food, milk and honey everywhere. That's what it describes it as. Almost like the Garden of Eden. Have you seen Canaan lately? It's a desert. Nothing grows there. Sodom and Gomorrah's brimstone to this day. Nothing is alive in Sodom and Gomorrah. Nothing. It's just ash. Nobody lives there. It's dead land. Canaan ain't far from it. Why is that? I thought God blessed Canaan. Well, he did a long time ago. And they turned against God and went their own way and worshiped their own idols. And God destroyed that land. It is no longer flowing with milk and honey. You know what land was flowing with milk and honey up until recently? This one. God blessed this land too. And we've turned away from God. Look around you. Look at the school. Look at what they're doing in colleges. Look at what they're doing at jobs everywhere. There's no God there. And when there's no God there, God destroys that land. Mark my words, America will fall. All empires fall. And what happens right before they fall? The stuff you're seeing on the news right now. That's what happens. It happened in Rome. It happened in Egypt. It happened in Greece. It happened in China. It's happening here. It happened in Russia, too. It happened to the bourgeois people in France. People that thought they were better than everybody. The bourgeois, the... the uh, the elites, the high people, the pretty ones, all they cared about is primping themselves and making themselves beautiful for the world to see, which nobody cared. And they fell, just like we're doing. They had the Kim Kardashians and the Tom Cruises and the Brad Pitts and all that, the bourgeois people. 
and they fell. And we will too, because that's the nature of empires. They go till they're so big, they turn against God and they fall. Read the Bible, it happens over and over and over and over and over again. It is not a pretty sight. It is not good. What meaneth the heat of this great anger? And the men shall say, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord God their father of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. That's where we're going to stop for today, ladies and gentlemen. We'll pick up next Sunday, chapter 29, verse 26. Man, what a powerful read. What an awesome message this was tonight. I hope it touched your heart. I hope you found glory in the words. I hope you found a reason to push forward. I hope above all hope that you talk to your father and come closer to him and delve deeper into his words. And while you're thinking about that, won't you do me a favor? Go on over to rumble.com slash untethered live and smash that subscribe button for me and help me build that channel over there so I can break the back of censorship here at YouTube because they don't censor my words over there. Now, hit that subscribe button and press the bell icon so you get notifications of when I'm going to be online. Smash that like button. It's right in front of you. It's free. It takes no effort at all, and it really does help the channel with the algorithms, and it helps us get recommended to other people. So won't you do that? Share this video with somebody you love. Better yet, share it with somebody you don't love. Bring them into the family. Make them part of the fold. Be part of their solutions, not part of their problems. Leave comments down below. Let me know what you're thinking about. Question me, curse me, bless me, challenge me, confront me, conform with me, drink my Kool-Aid. Hey, make your own Kool-Aid as long as you're thinking critical. That's what I want. Critical thought coming from that brain of yours and hey if you love the word of God and you can see the value in what I'm trying to build here and you'd like to help out or if you feel led to send tithes offerings and love offerings to the place where you're taught or if you'd just like to pat me on the back and say hey nice job Jake I get what you're doing you can do that you can support my work by going to paypal.me slash Jake Johnson band or if you're a cash app user you can go to dollar sign Jake Johnson band every little bit helps it's a win-win it's a blessing to me it helps me survive it helps me keep the lights on it helps me keep doing these podcasts but it's a blessing to you too because we live in a reciprocal universe you give and you receive the Bible says give and you shall receive knock and it shall be opened unto you Ask, and you shall be answered. But the main part of that is give, and you shall receive. You have to initiate, so keep that in mind. I love you, and I'll do everything in my power to be worthy of your support. And now, I will round out this video by taking all of your questions and comments about what we read tonight. The floor is yours. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. There's only three or four of you here, but hey, they can't all be winners. People will watch later, though. Hey, April. Hey, Walter Davis. Good to see you. Hey, ATL. Good to see you. I apologize for being late, everyone. I just had a lot to do. I look at the time, and it's just went by so fast today. I hear you, dear. I was out in the yard working all day, so I understand. April says, that's right. God bless us all. Amen. Amen. Good evening, all, says Walter Davis. Hi, Jake and April. Hey, Walter. Hi, Fab Daddy. I think he left. Are you still here, Fab? Hello, Walter. Good to see you, says April. Hit the like button, subscribe, and share. Much love to all, says April. Thank you very much. 
Hope you guys had a good time tonight. I did. I had a joyous time reading that. Got into it a little bit. And this these books bring it out of me. Bring the preacher out of me. I don't mean to. It just works that way. When you read the word of God, it kind of comes out that way. I know I get preachy sometimes, but try to overlook that because the message is what's important. The academic understanding of the word that's been here for thousands of years, that's what's important. That's what matters. Doesn't matter what I do. I'm just a messenger. The message is what's valuable. And the message didn't come from me. It came from God. So keep that in mind. And when Big Daddy tells you to do something, you do it. Have to rewatch. I was having dinner with my mother. Well, tell mom I said hi and watch with her. Maybe she wants to hear the word of God. Older people seem to like this. Maybe I need to move to Florida. A lot of people there. A lot of churches there. A lot of bad messaging going on in Florida. I saw a preacher one time had tattoos from head to toe, and he would hit people and say he was healing them. Like physically hit them hard, knock them off their feet hard. Those people didn't get healed, by the way, but they had a sore butt. That's not healing. That God is the only one that can heal you. Man can't do that. You ever come across somebody speaking in tongues or saying they can heal you or saying they talk directly to God? Run the other way as fast as you can because none of those things are true. That's coming from a guy who preaches. I'm telling you, it's not true. Be wiser than the serpent. The serpent will always try to wheel his way into your life. And you have to step over it, tread, tread on those serpents. That's what that means. It's the people in the world trying to convince you of other things that aren't the word of God. Here's my rule of thumb. I'll try anything once. If I like it, I'll do it again. If I really like it, I'll get addicted to it and put it in a bottle. But I'm telling you, if it don't square with the Bible, I don't do it. If it's not in the Bible, I'm not doing it. Period. I have a very strong ethic about that. Maybe you should feel the same way. It's just a, just a suggestion. Questions, comments, criticisms, catharsis. Anybody? Help me out here. It's a slow night. Come on. Get, get excited. Yep. You're healed or ill. Hit you again. <laughs> They're always healed. Hmm. By the way, my daddy is going from ICU to another room. He was up walking around. He looked better today. Praise God. See what prayer can do? You go in the hospital, people start praying, you come out of the hospital. For the most part, there are things you can't fix like cancer and stuff like that. That will eventually kill you. But, thank God he's up walking around. Glad to hear it. By the way, you kind of were in and out last night. I did I did say a prayer for him and, and Debbie, but I don't know if you saw it or not, but I did it. 
I never pray unless I'm asked because it's not my place to impose that upon people. But if you ask, I'd be glad to. Also, words you'll never hear come out of my mouth is, you're healed. Because <laughs> I can't do that. I do talk to God, but not in the way that people say they talk to God. I talk to God through his word. His word informs me. I read it. I learn from it. I figure it out. I come to a, a conclusion and understanding, a deep connection with thought and understanding and clarity. That's the word of God. It's a small, still voice in your head. You may not ever hear it, but you'll feel it. You'll know right from wrong. Because the Ten Commandments are written on your heart. Even a baby, when you catch a baby stealing, even though nobody's ever explained the concept of theft or property or right and wrong, for that matter, you catch a baby stealing a cookie, that baby will lie to you. And then it'll feel guilty. And then it'll cry because it knows it did something wrong even though that's never been explained to them, even though there's no reason they should know it's wrong, they feel it anyway. I've seen it with my own eyes. Trust me, the Ten Commandments are right here. All you got to do is live life and know right from wrong, and you do instantly. You know what's right. You feel it. You'll, you might do it anyway, but you know that instinct is right every time. When you feel that first instinct, do what it says do. Thanks so much, Jake. You're certainly welcome. And Walter, thank you, hon. Says April. All right. It is 9.52. We've gone a little further than we did last night. Questions? Anything? April? Mueller. 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 Beaufort. Anybody? Come on. Amen. Yes, I know that. Yes, you do. You know that because we teach that. It's a beautiful thing. And thank you for being here. And thank you all who follow this for listening, for understanding, for caring. I promise you, even if there's one person here and this touches them, it's worth it. One person. That's already happened three or four times. So, good. We've done our job. And we're going to keep doing it because that's what God wants me to do. And until he tells me to do something else, this is it. This was not my idea, by the way, just so you know. I never wanted to do this. I did want to be a preacher, but not in this way. But I was told this is what I had to do. So, this is what I've done. It was put before me, and I did it. Obedience will get you everything. I just had a feeling you take a different route to work today. There was a huge accident where I usually go, and when I would have been there. See? Those feelings are right. April says, I'll see everybody on Wednesday. I'll be here. <laughs> Rocking out, and you pick the song, and I'll learn it right before your very eyes. <coughs> Pardon me. All right. I love you with all my heart. I love you true. I do. Thank you for listening to the word of God. Thank you for being interested. Thank you for keeping the chat popping. Thanks for being here.
Have a great night. Have a great day tomorrow, and I'll see you on Wednesday. God bless you, and thanks for watching. Thank you.